Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail. It's always happy hour somewhere. And enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. My name is Scott Fullerton, and I'm your host for the next couple hours. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that you'll share this podcast with all your friends, families, and allies of the LGBT community. Today is Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. I'm getting back into the swing of things after a big Easter. I am still full. I put that little ham away today. Um, if I'm going to have uh, like little piggy go to market, I'm going to make it work for it. And I made ham salad today, and I have the bone away for soup. I have ham steaks for breakfast this morning, and we're going to go for it. So lots of fun stuff in there. I got my interns tuning in today. We got Jordan on, and we're going to have Chris join us in just a little bit here. Jordan, how you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for being part of the show. We are opening up the chat room today, guys, if you want to talk to our guests today, because in just a couple of minutes, I have a couple of great guests for us. Coming up first is the founder of Broadway Sings for Pride, uh, Neil Bennington. He'll be on, and he's bringing on a special guest with him today, his good friend, Dimitri Moist. They're going to talk about an upcoming show they have going on um, to make money. And then in the second hour, I'm going to be bringing back a good friend of the show, uh, Josh Orozco, a very good friend of mine. He's breaking into the music business and had his first release last weekend, uh, Shadowland, come out. So we'll be talking in the second hour. So, Chris, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you guys on. Chris and Jordan are going to be running the chat room today. So if you have any questions for our guests or me, just go ahead and scroll down. You have to be listening live on Blog Talk Radio for listening to the podcast. Obviously, you can't. But if you're listening to us live on Blog Talk right now, click the link. Go down, scroll below the slideshow. You'll see the chat room. Click on to get inside. And if you have any questions for our guests or for my interns or for me, Go ahead and have at it. They will get it to us. We'll make sure we get your questions on the air. If you missed yesterday's show, we had a great group of people. I had Dan Carter of Danimal Yoga in Washington, D.C. on. He is an amazing yoga instructor. He's an animal activist, worked for Animal Planet Network for uh, four years. He also is doing a new naked yoga class. Not new. It's been going on for 13 years. But it's just now catching fire in Washington, D.C. We talked all about that yesterday. That's an interesting subject. And then in our second hour yesterday, we had a brand-new singer-songwriter just been out for a very short time. His debut EP is coming out this June. I was his very first interview ever. His name is Hayden Joseph. So be sure to go check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcast distributor is, and just type in Left of Straight Show, subscribe there, and listen to all of our episodes. We had a great show for you yesterday. 
we're also, as of yesterday, less than one month away from the Big Gay Road Trip Part 2, where I will be taking the show from Northeast Ohio here to Palm Springs, California, for a month's worth of shows. We'll be live every Monday and Tuesday there. We're trying to raise some money to bring an intern with me and to have a third day of shows with some allies and some of our women friends in L.A. So you can always check both those things out. Go to Indiegogo.com and type in Big Gay Road Trip. Or if you go to the website, www.leftofstraight.com, Left of Straight is always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number 8.com. Click on the Big Gay Road Trip tabs. You'll be able to check out all of our information, see who our sponsors are. If you contribute to the Indiegogo campaign, you'll be listed on the website. You can find out who our guests are going to be. We have some great guests. I announced one of our first guests yesterday. If you guys are old as dirt like me, you may remember the very first winner of Star Search back in the day, Sam Harris. He is going to be out in Palm Springs with me on one of our days there, so that's exciting. Lots of other new announcements coming up on that as well. I want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors so far. We have Pink Banana Media out of New York and L.A., the I Love Gay LGBT hashtag 360 Marketing Network, Hillcrest Social and the What's Trending app out of San Diego, and CBT Candles and TH Productions out of L.A. are all helping make this big road, gay road trip possible. And we hope you'll be part of it as well. So go to the Indiegogo campaign or shoot me off an email if you guys want to help sponsor it. So we've got all that happening. We're going to start the show in just a couple of minutes here, but let's go into a little bit of news. Um, I don't know if this is good or bad, to be honest with you. The Supreme Court yesterday decided to take up and rule on LGBTQ job discrimination. Um, They're announced they're going to be hearing three cases uh, about job discrimination in the workplace. And it could it be a really good thing or a really bad thing right now. Ohio is one of 31 states where it is legal to fire you just for being gay. Um, You do not have to have any other excuse. You can say, sorry, we don't want to have gay people here. You're fired. And 31 other states in the country allow that as well. But there have been a couple of lawsuits where they're trying to get um, LGBTQ protections under Title VII of the Constitution, which is the you cannot discriminate against age, race, sex, national origin, they're trying to get sexual orientation, including that sex part. Um, so far, there's been two successful cases and one non-successful case in protecting LGBT rights. But what this basically means is the Supreme Court, which is now leaning very conservative, thanks to the last two nominees, has the chance to make it legal in all 50 states to discriminate against LGBTQ people. Um, not a fun thing to have happen. Uh, Jordan and Chris, you're both allies, but obviously are very uh, big supporters of the LGBT community. What do you think about this? Jordan? Um, I think, I honestly, it makes me really nervous, but I think it could go either way. So, like, right. They should rule in support of not discriminating because it is discrimination. You know, but it's, Makes me nervous. 
Now, I can't imagine someone saying, I'm sorry I have to fire you because you sleep with a woman to some man or something or vice versa. It right. doesn't make any sense to yeah, me. Yeah, uh, it, It's silly. Chris, any thoughts? I think with the conservative majority, I mean, I, I think it's it's going to come into law. I, I think they're going to start putting more discriminatory uh, legislation into place, in all honesty, as sad as it as sad as it is in this progressive time that we're living in, I think the Supreme Court is it pretty is far very back scary. from the progress we've made. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I'm, I, I, it's very scary. Like I said, it could, go, it could go very, very badly. I mean, it's exciting that they're taking it up, that the Supreme Court is going to decide on this, but the way the court is balanced right now, or I shall say imbalanced, yeah. um, be a very scary time so we need this uh, data to hang on <laughs> exactly hang on. i will like mm-hmm. put pillows all around her everywhere she walks i will throw them in front of her so nothing ever happens i'm, I'm telling, telling you that me. was her motivation that was when she was having her health issues i think that was honestly her motivation or at least i think so too i think she's a very fair-minded person and just because of the makeup not for LGBT, she's just there for everybody. She wants to make sure the Constitution is fair exactly. for everybody. And that's why right, she's sticking around. Be. What's that, Jordan? Said as it should be for everybody. As it should be, exactly. Um, yeah, very, 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 very wild. Uh, another thing that was interesting to me in the news this week, um, Aaron Schock was a politician that was um, kind of voted out of Congress um, for, he was very anti-LGBT, put a lot of legislation, the anti-LGBT legislations out there, um, but he was kind of assumed as being closeted gay the entire time. He, ha- he got into trouble for a lot of extravagant spending while he was in office for redecorating his office and for bringing a photographer with him and all these things. Well, anyway, he supposedly was photographed this past weekend at Coachella with a bunch of gay men and kind of was a video of him putting his hand down someone's pants. Now, I dislike him immensely for uh, all his anti-LGBT things, but I am not for public outing. I still think this is a public outing, putting this all out there. As allies, what do you guys think about that? Any, uh, any thoughts on that, Chris? I think it's interesting how a lot of these super anti-gay politicians or even like reverends or people in the church end up, it comes out that they're gay themselves. Like, I I think it's interesting. But at the same time, though, I think his privacy deserves to be respected at the same time. Right. Jordan, what are your thoughts? The The only line, the only line is that he is a public figure, I guess. I guess that's like the only thing is that, when you're a public figure, you kind of you kind of put yourself out there out there to things like this. So that might be right. But he's out of office now, I believe. I mean, and you're right, but you're right. He was a public figure. What are your thoughts, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of feel the same way as Chris. But also, if you're going to do so much against a certain group of people, you shouldn't be doing things like that. But I mean, I guess I've never had to deal with. Um, like coming to terms with something like that. So I guess a public outing might be a little bit much for him, especially yeah, 
don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely I mean, been debated in the community. I mean, I'm I'm not for public outing. I'm for hypocrisy. And so he definitely was very yeah. anti-LGBT. Like I said, while he was in office, I think all bets are off. Now that he's out of office, changes a little bit. Um, the gays that were photographed with him, I, I hate using that word, the gays. That's so sad. But anyway, the people that were photographed with him um, did not know who he was. They got a lot of flack for being photographed with him. That no. I thought was not fair as well um, because yeah. they honestly didn't know who he was, um, which is fine. You can be ignorant on that. You don't have to follow politics. So it's been an interesting situation, but we're going to follow that a little more. We'll get back to it. A lot of other stuff in the news I'll do at the end of the show, but I see our first two guests have logged in to join us. So we're going to go ahead and take a break here. Uh, Jordan and Chris are going to be manning the chat room. So if you have any questions for any of our guests today or for us who want to chat in, go ahead and scroll down to the bottom of the page if you're listening live. Obviously, you can't do this if you're listening to our podcast um, later on. But uh, let us know if you have any questions. We're going to listen to our buddy Matt Stern. And when we come back, I'm going to be talking to two fantastic guests that are representing Broadway Things for Pride. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on Left of Straight Radio Network. Cultivate the land of your brothers and your mothers. 
guys we are back that is matt stern with you're an animal matt's gonna be joining me on the big gay road trip when we take the show to palm springs for the month of june matt and his boyfriend are going to drive down from canada to be part of the show so i'm very excited to have him live in just a little bit but it's time to have our first two guests on you guys know i'm all about broadway i talk about it all the time on the show so i'm so excited to bring them on Broadway Sings for Pride was founded in the spring of 2011 in response to the tragic suicides that were occurring in the news at the time and was formed to show community and especially our younger generations that there are voices out there that support them. Since the inaugural concert in June of 2011, they've held multiple concerts throughout the years with some of the best names of Broadway either lending their talent or support. These concerts have raised thousands upon thousands of dollars, which they've given away to some amazing LGBT causes. And I am honored to have the founder here today, Neil Bennington, and he's brought with him a very special guest, an ambassador for the organization, Dimitri Moist, which I hope I said his name right. We'll find out in just a second. Guys, welcome to the show. How's everything to people downtown New York City? Uh, Dimitri, how the heck do I say your name? You You said it just right. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for my bad self. And Bennington, I was able to handle the old welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It's such an honor. Uh, I love listening, so this is, like, crazy to be on here. Well, it's exciting to have the two of you on. If you have listened to the show ever, you guys know I'm infatuated with Broadway. Uh, I've been banished to Northeast Ohio, so it's only a a six-and-a-half-hour drive to New York. I try to get there whenever I can. But now I have two new drinking buddies to go out with, so I'm very excited all of a sudden. Yes, definitely. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, I always like to start from the very beginning, get a little background to people been on the show for the very first time. So I want to know all about where you guys grew up, what kind of a kid were you, and what did you first want to be when you grew up? Neil, let's start with you. Sure. Well, I have a great story. Um, actually, I am adopted from Columbia, so um, I grew up in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, my whole life, and I've always really wanted to be an actor or do something kind of in that field. So when I went to college, I went to college at um, a school called Wagner College in Staten Island, and I did a double major in elementary education and theater, and I wound up kind of going towards the elementary education field, but I've always kind of done stuff and kind of had my ear to the ground with theater and 
it's always been like a, a love of mine. So the fact that I get to give in a way that's truly important, but also in a way that's so special. And, um, you know, I give people like Dimitri so much credit who can go out there and just do these amazing things that I could never do. Like, you do not want to see me dance. <laughs> so it's great. To, it's really great to see, like, you, you know, these amazing performers that give up their time and just to be a little part of that and to kind of, again, to kind of gear their amazing talents in such a great vessel is just like great for me. Like it's a dream. That's amazing. Congratulations. I love that backstory. I love the adoption part. I'm actually adopted by my dad with my um, birth mother and my dad got together when I was three years old. So I think that's an amazing story. I don't know if I'm happy or sad that you ended up in New Jersey. I don't know. You'll have to let me know one of these days. <laughs> yeah, jury's always out. <laughs> there you go. And Dimitri, give me a little bit about your background, my friend. Sure. Well, I'm uh, originally from New York. I was born in Queens. Um, my family, my mom and my dad, both come from Haiti. So I'm first generation born uh, here in the States. I was a pretty quirky kid growing up. My dad works in cardiology, so my family was pretty interested in me following the medicine path. So uh, funny enough, I really wanted to be a surgeon, and I had this whole plan as a kid that I would go to medical school and then become a reconstructive surgeon and work on people who needed surgeries in that way. And then as my practice grew, I could then uh, move into cosmetic surgery and then hopefully do reconstructive work pro bono. Um, community service and getting back had always been a part of my life and my parents really instilled that in me from from you know when I was a child Um, but I fell into theater in high school because I got the opportunity to start auditioning for shows and I was in the glee club I could I had a decent voice so um, when I got into my first show in high school um, the theater bug bit me so hard and when I found out that I could go to school for theater I was like oh my gosh, look, I want to try. I want to try and do this. <laughs> so I um, applied half of my schools for the pre-med path, the other half for theater. I got into all of my schools for theater and I thought, okay, well, maybe I should, maybe I should follow this. And I did. I went to NYU uh, to School of the Arts, which was an incredible program. And funny enough, I made my Broadway debut on the night that I graduated from college, which was like the wildest wow. experience. <laughs> ever. It was really, really cool. Um, And from then, I've been really fortunate to have been working um, in this incredible community. I sang in my first Broadway Sings for Pride concert uh, in 2014. And then since then, Neil and I have been connected and have gotten to work on other really amazing projects together. And for me, as someone who's always been um, giving back to the communities that have given so much to me, it, it means a lot to be a part of this organization because theater allowed me to come out, you know, literally and, and, and in terms of who I am as a person and the things that matter the most to me. And so to be able to give that back to, um, to many other people through Broadway Sings for Pride is such an awesome opportunity for me. That's amazing. I'm going to go into your backstories a bit in, in a second here because I think you guys both are such great activists, um, not only the LGBT community, but in general. And, and you talked about 
uh, both being out and proud and everything. I think that's so important when you can. We were talking a little bit um, before you came on about the whole Aaron Shock thing and out public outing. I'm not going mm-hmm. on that. But since you guys are out and proud, I do want to talk about that. When did you first come out to yourself, and when did you first come out to others, Neil? Oh, that's a good question. I think I've always just known and just, again, too, I think probably for many, I think in high school, uh, you know, I, I, you know, when you're going through changes and all of a sudden you're like, girls, ew, boys, yes, please. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's kind of it. And then since then, you know, and, and I think, too, that being in this area really um, affords you a lot of leniency and who you can tell and, and how proud you can be because um, one of the things that we try to do with Broadway Sings for Pride is put a lot of our clips online and reach out because, unfortunately, even though we're in places in the country and the city that really celebrate who you are, not everyone can do that. And so I am kind of the um, – I'm kind of the fortunate one that never really had any backlash or had any trouble coming out or having not having support. So we always kind of want to give that back to the community and, uh, you know, understand that if we can put clips up that people can identify with and relate to and hopefully change their perspective or make them feel comfortable through the arts, you know, we want to make sure that we can do that as best we can. That is amazing. I love that. And Dimitri, go ahead. Sure. So I'm I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I I grew up in an incredibly conservative family, and um, being gay was just not an option. Um, I I remember I have memories of um, being sent to conversion therapy when I was in sixth grade. Those were like vivid oh, memories that were like latched into my mind. Um, I didn't get the chance to really come out. I started, I dated a girl in high school for a couple of years, and that was, like, my opportunity to, like, I don't know, show God that I could be straight or you know, whatever I was thinking. And and it's during that same time is when I also realized you like boys and you need to figure out how to deal with this, I, you know, uh, my high school self. Right. And I remember um, starting to talk to other gay boys um, when I was in high school um, because of the theater that I was doing. And that's how I started getting connected to different types of people and not just the really conservative people that were always in my life. Um, I unfortunately kind of outed by my community. So it was, it was Mm. pretty traumatic. Um, I was kicked out of my church and um, a a lot of, a lot of things followed. Um, But thankfully in a way, it, it was almost a good thing because I was outed right before I left for college. And had that not happened, I don't know if I would have started my time at NYU as a, a newly open, uh, open gay person. And, oh, um, right. Yeah, and so in a way, though that experience was traumatic when I look back on it, um, it really opened a new door for me because I got to – go to a school and be surrounded by all of these different types of people from all over the world who spoke all different sorts of languages, had different uh, walks of life and faith, and who were gay, who were trans, who were queer. Um, And that really opened my eyes to 
finding out and accepting and loving who I really am today. Um, and so bringing it back to Broadway Sings for Pride, like I remember when I was asked to sing that concert and it was, it was a few months after I started uh, my first show on Broadway, which was the Book of Mormon. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like, can you imagine, like, my high school self would have never imagined that five years later I'd be on Broadway as an out queer person getting to sing and use my talents in a way that could help and celebrate my queerness. I would have never imagined that. And then now flash forward even more years to, to be an, an activist and to be an advocate in various sectors of the LGBTQ community, my, my younger self would have never dreamed that I'd be doing this today. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of backstory. Um, that's awesome. I love that. You guys both have great, interesting backgrounds. I love that. Neil, talk about yourself a little bit now. You had a day job for a long time. Are you still teaching outside of doing all your work uh, on Broadway? And what was your first, we kind of heard um, Dimitri's, into entertainment. What was yours? Well, the interesting thing was I I did still I do still teach, and uh, it's one of those crazy things where um, I was trying to um, have a day job and do a bunch of different things, and um, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time, and I discovered that. When you're in New York City, um, I was taking pictures, and uh, the New York Daily News kind of picked up my pictures for a story, and it kind of led me to kind of say, like, I wonder if I could ride this out and make this a little bit more. So me being someone that is always curious, um, contacted a few people and said, listen, I'd love to try to do red carpet events. I've never done one. I don't want to get paid. I just want to be on the red carpet. And it led to... um, Wendy Williams seen some of my work, so I opened up her show for her, and then from there I kind of did, um, I got to go to, like, one of the first premieres of Glee, and, uh, you know, from there kind of did, I did uh, Matt Damon, interviewed Clint Eastwood, and so on. So I started to have a a media connection where I was going to all these events, and so um, I would do that, and then, of course, I was teaching also at, you know, the same time. And so, um, it, you know, it's always kind of a delicate balance of how to kind of do both. But, you know, the, the great thing about kind of getting my foot wet with media is that I was able to make these connections. And, again, too, I, like Dimitri said, when you look back and you look at different parts of your life and you think, oh, my God, like, how, you know, the things that shaped it, uh, for me, I'm like, I, I never – in a million years would think that I'd be calling up like agents and publicists and, you know, doing red carpet events of my own. So, I mean, I think everything falls into place the way it should. And uh, for me, being an educator too, I always kind of want to do something where I'm learning and I'm getting excited Mm -hmm. about. And hopefully, you know, that translates into the work I do. And again, too, translates into things that I put out there. That is awesome. Well, when I come out and visit, we have drinks. If your Rolodex is ever missing, it wasn't me. I just want that out ahead of time (laughs) because I'm booking lots of shows, and I just want to say that it wasn't me. Uh, Dimitri, I want to talk about education with you a bit. You uh, do some great work with the Central Queens Academy. Talk about that a bit. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, 
So Central Queens Academy is a school in the neighboring school district from mine. Um, I do a lot of work in my home community. I live in Astoria now. And Central Queens Academy is a, is a middle school. Um, it's a public charter school that works primarily with students who are English language learners or from immigrant populations. And it was founded in 2012, and in its, uh, in its now seventh year, um, they've had the last five consecutive years coming out as one of the top performing um, public schools and charter schools, not only in the city, but in the state. And the work that the teachers are doing with these students is just so incredible. And to know that there are people in my community of Queens that are looking at different populations of people and seeing that, okay, we have the students that are living in this community who you know, whose parents may not be from this country or whose parents may not be speaking English every day in the home or whose parents are working three to four jobs. And so they're forced to go home and do their homework on their own and learn all these things by themselves. The school gives these students the opportunity to shine and to get into, you know, some of the most competitive high schools and really allow them to see a, a future that can be sustainable and that they can thrive in. And so I uh, was asked to come on uh, and join the founding team and helping them develop a new board of directors. Um, a, lot, a lot of the um, issues that we've been kind of looking at uh, with the school is how can we get young professionals who are interested in education, who look like the students that we're servicing, um, and can be mentors to them. And, you know, these students can look at someone who's in their mid-20s or in their, third, or in their you know, mid-30s. And, and see someone who's not too far away from them thriving and being sustainable as they dream that they can be. And so I'm helping them develop a new board um, full of young professionals who can be those, those mentors for these students and who can really support the school um, as it expands. It's going to become a school that's servicing students from kindergarten to eighth grade um, in the next couple of years. So um, it's really rewarding to work with um, that school, especially being a child of immigrants myself. So it, it's really close to my heart. And um, they're just a really incredible school doing some awesome things. That is great. You guys are both doing such great work. Well, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how your activism began. And we're going to talk, of course, about Broadway Sings for Pride. Uh, let's keep it up with our buddy Matt Stern, do a little travel around your world. Guys, if you have any questions for our guest today, go to uh, the link for the live show, scroll down to the chat room, and Jordan and Chris will be listening to anything you have to say, and we'll make sure we find out about it. Here's Travel Around Your World by Matt Stern. You're listening to the Left of Straight show on the Left of Straight radio network.
river, I come over to the place you're always going. I can never see the water in the vase that's overflowing. Can never see the walls that were supposedly left before me. No, it's not right to never keep my mouth shut Always wanna give it and never wanna give up I'm just trying to keep this holy, leave the rest The destiny Today to be talking to the founder of Broadway Sings for Pride, Mr. Neil Bennington, and he's brought along a special guest himself, Dimitri Moist, who uh, is staying in the program and does so many great works together. They are just an amazing power group that I'm happy to have on the show tonight. Neil, talk about, you've been producing events since college. What got you into kind of all this production part and planning events and giving back? Oh, you know what? I, I think the necessity of just, uh, as kind of Dimitri said, I've always kind of, you know, it's kind of ingrained in you. And I think it's always kind of been like that in my family to give back in different ways. And, um, you know, it just, again, fell into place. Like, I, I again, too, I never had experience putting together big shows or wanted to in that respect. And everything, again, too, happened for a reason, and everything kind of just fell into where it needed to be. And, again, too, for me, it's always exciting because I don't come from a background where I was educated in uh, PR or publicity. It's exciting for me because I always get to learn, and I think it also keeps everything a little more real because I always have to be on my toes because if not, <laughs> then it's not a good thing. So, uh, right. you know, yeah, and, you know, it, it's, 
again, too, looking back, uh, when we first started, I never thought we would be at the point where, uh, you know, next year is going to be our 10th year doing this, which for me is mind-blowing because, you know, we as a collective, these amazing Broadway celebrities and all these talents that come out and activists, um, you know, I don't think we ever thought it would be a yearly thing. And here we are approaching our ninth, you know, concert in uh, June. Fantastic. And Dimitri, we talked about it briefly. You have such a great dedication to your community in Queens. Talk about that and talk about Torch and what really got your activism kicked off. Sure. Um, well, like like I was saying before, my, my parents, since, since me and my younger brother were kids, you know, they always told us to get back, get back, get back. And I did a lot growing up. I, I went to college on a community service scholarship um, because of all the work that I was doing. And that just never stopped. And um, performing didn't get in the way of that. But um, when I started to perform, the more I was doing shows, the less I was engaging in my communities and, and doing the kind of work that really brought me a lot of passion and joy. And so I thought about how I could put my own stamp um, in, in, in a small way um, in the world and look back at all, this, all of the successes that I've been able to have and have been so blessed to have and think about how I can start passing that on to um, other LGBTQ folks who are coming up the ladder, other black and brown boys and girls who are coming up the ladder and didn't have the resources that I had. Um, and then, you know, the election happened in 2016, and that was kind of, a, that lit a huge fire under me. And, and so I got together with a um, former classmate of mine from NYU and then a mutual friend of ours who graduated from Howard University. And the three of us thought, okay, if we were to create some sort of organization or work on a project that could help, um, our communities, what would that look like? And all three of us came to the realization that we all have a passion and love for the arts. Um, myself as an arts entertainer, Robert, my co-founder as an arts educator, and Vondell um, as more of the arts and business side. And so we thought, how could we combine all of those three skills and turn that into um, a training program for young um, black students who not only see themselves as acting, singing, dancing on a Broadway stage, but also being the CEO of their own company. How do we combine arts and entrepreneurship and really allow these students that we work with to um, realize that whatever they want to make happen can happen, and that in 2019, you don't have to be a starving artist. We live in the future now, and there are so many different That's avenues and ways. Yeah to create a sustainable life for yourself. And that's what we do at Torch, is we work with students and we teach them how to find a sustainable lifestyle in the arts, whether they're that. looking to own a business or be, a, be a, an entertainer or what have you. Um, yeah. Great. That is so cool. Now, Neil, I remember the Tyler Clemente time well. Um, there was a lot of suicides happening that time. Talk about how it affected you and how it became this brainchild for Broadway Sings for Pride. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, you know, it was completely devastating, especially when you looked at the ages of these kids who were so incredibly young. And to think that they thought that this is their only way out. And for some of them, you know, um, they really, really thought that. And, uh, 
you know, it, as a teacher, as just someone, again, in the community, um, you know, you look and you want to do something. And for me, um, hearing about all these suicides that were happening in the community and all over the United States was just such a, you know, a harrowing thing to hear. And I happened to be at an event, a press event, and, uh, you know, the LGBT Center of New York happened to be there and something clicked inside me. And I said, you know, I don't understand why we can't do more as a community. We have this great resource of New York City where we have this talent and we have people that want to do something. And why aren't we doing more to celebrate who we are and to let people know that if they need help, we're there. And so I contacted them. And again, not knowing how to do any of this, I wrote like a 13-page, like basically like manifesto of what I wanted the show to be. And they were like, okay, we can give you a Sunday for like a half hour in one of our rooms. (laughs) And I remember being like, oh, sweetie, clearly you don't know me. Um, So, We went back and, and, you know, it was great because, you know, our first one we had like, we had some of our real housewives and um, we had definitely, it was right when the Book of Mormon had won the Tony, so we had um, them come and a, a bunch of our Broadway stars and the wonderful thing was, again, and it really goes back to not just um, Broadway since or pride sense of giving, but really the community who wants to help out is that it was the performers really that were having such an amazing time sharing their talent, telling their stories, um, helping audience members, uh, you know, with all this that, you know, everybody really was like, we should do it again. So, you know, a few weeks after we went into studio, we recorded a few songs and then we did a Christmas um, event. And then ever since then, we've been doing a yearly um show and one of the things I'm conscious too of and kind of um, is to make sure that the people and the community um, that we hit on um, is the very specific so that we just don't have uh, you know just Broadway people up there we just don't have activists so you know we have a gambit so last year it was really nice we had an author who just wrote a book a fairy tale about two princes that fell in love and uh, I got an idea to have kind of the kids of Broadway come on and perform it. We've had, you know, um, gay veterans. We've had, uh, you know, trans anything in the occupational world come on. So, you know, I really try to reach out to try to show people that no matter who you are, where you are, you know, that you we're here and we're not going away and that we want to make a difference and we want to do something to show people that we can create positive change in the world. I absolutely love that. If you ever need an over the hill radio guy that would introduce uh, anybody, you let me know. That's for darn sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Talk about what kind of contacts did you have at the very beginning? Who Did you know? And who was your first big get? Who was your first big sign-on? I think that the the biggest people that we had were um, what was really great. It was actually right before our first show, and I reached out to, you know, a bunch of people, and Joy Behar got back, like, right away, and she was the sweetest because not only did she do, like, a special shout-out for us, but she did it, like, right on the View set. So it was, like, the coolest thing ever 
um, completely wow. beyond sweet. Um, yeah, and, you know, since then, you know, we've worked with Laverne Cox. We've had mm-hmm. a lot of the Oranges and New Black, um, Broadway, uh, Kristen Chenoweth. So, you know, each year, again, it gets just – I'm always humbled and awed because – People come out and, you know, everybody is donating their time. And we do this for the love of uh, trying to educate people and entertain. So the fact that each year I have people that are coming back and asking, you know, when can I be involved next and how can I help is just to me so humbling that you have people. And especially I think when outsiders think of New York and they think of this cold, gritty place that no one cares about anything, uh, you know, it's entirely opposite because you have all these wonderful people with great hearts that come out and, you know, they want to, they really want to create this team. So, you know, for me to sit there and to kind of be the catalyst for these, amazing people and speakers and to hear these stories about these incredible moments in people's lives that have changed them for the better. For me, it's just, um, it doesn't get any better than that. That's fantastic. And Dimitri, uh, Neil talked about the theater community for a second. One thing I've noticed doing the show for the last three and a half years is the New York theater company is very supportive um, I have a lot of friends that do a lot of L.A. theaters. There's actually a lot of theaters in L.A., but it's very cutthroat there. You're kind of all going out for each other. and I think, But the, the theater community in New York really does look out for each other from what I've heard. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, I found that to be absolutely true. Um, I've also found it, you know, it's, it's to be difficult to enter, you know, that door, right? Like there are so many of us, uh, so many actors in New York trying to make it on Broadway and, there's, you know, a select group of people, but once you get into that community, the love that, that you receive and that you're able to give back and share, is, it comes back two, threefold. And even on the off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway community, theater, at any level of theater, you'll find that support because, because I think the grittiness of New York and what it requires of us as actors to really hustle and be on the ground and you know, wake up at five in the morning and get into that audition room. We see each other at auditions. We know what everyone is doing and we want to support each other um, because we are, we're all in it, you know, we're all doing the same thing together. And um, yeah, I, I have found that once I started working, the love that I've gotten, you know, getting called to do this project or a friend of mine who's producing a project and wants me to hop on um, as a co-producer for this or, um, what have you, it, it has really just opened so many doors for me. That's fantastic. Now, Neil, did you originally plan on this being a 501c3? You thought it was going to be a one-off thing? Talk about how it actually turned into a company. That's got to be kind of amazing. you got to be very proud of that. Oh, you know, even to this day, it's, it's incredible for me to, to look back because, um, you know, again, too, we just thought it would be one one-time thing and then it went from there being a two-time thing and once it got to kind of like the three-time thing we looked in and um, you know I researched and Fractured Atlas is a great starting point so it helps non-for-profits out and really um, takes you under its swing and we did that for a while but then we realized that because you're really a non-for-profit under them it makes it very hard to have donations and to keep track of everything so um, right. You know, we were, I was very fortunate to really just 
again, too, I had no clue how to do it, and I really wasn't getting the answers I needed, and I just went online, and I happened to just email a bunch of different people who friends suggested, and uh, this week I read the name of Jeff Cohen, so shout out Jeff. Now he has to listen, because, you know, I give him the shout out, but um, <laughs> he was amazing, and, you know, he, he really was like, I've done this before, this is how you do it, and really uh, walked me through it, and again, too, it it for us, it's just so important, I think, again, too, especially when there's so many great causes out there. We want to make sure that people know that we're legitimate and that, uh, you know, that we're here to stay again, that, you know, that we plan to keep doing this. And over time, I hope to, again, to expand and we'd love to do more workshops and go into schools and do some different types of things with kids of different ages and educate. So, you know, uh, we're hoping that uh, time we can make this even bigger and better. And each year, there's always a different component that we've added. And again, too, we try to strengthen what we have and kind of work out the kinks and make it the best it can be. That is amazing. I love that. We actually have a, a, a question in the chat room. I'm going to bring Chris on here um, for a second, and we'll let Chris answer this question for us. Chris, uh, what question do we have in the chat room today? Yeah, we have Rachel from Boardman. She just asked, how did coming out affect your relationship with your family? With uh, friends? Friends, yeah, with friends, family. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, fortunately for me, um, you know, I think for any family, it's a hard transition to make. And um, fortunately, I have very loving parents who um, – accepted it, whether they didn't really understand it as much at the time. And, uh, you know, just the backstory too, my parents were a little older when they adopted me. My mom is very religious. So it was a different type of, um, I guess, experience than she was expecting. I think also one of the things that um, happened is uh, with Tyler Clemente's family, his parents were religious and, um, and they still are. And they have actually written some great articles about um, the church and being gay and how to embrace uh, who you are. And I think things like that have helped, definitely. And again, too, I think that many people, no matter what it is, are afraid of what they don't know or what they don't think they know. And again, I think educating people is just one of the key ways to do it. And I think also I was very lucky. I went to a liberal arts school in the middle of New York. So, um, you know, I had the world there, you know, as Dimitri said, you had different cultures, you learn from different people, you learn from different um, orientations and genders. So um, for me, I thankfully was in a spot where I was always supported and um, because of that, again, I kind of look at it as a gift. And so I always reflect that um, I was very lucky to have that happen, and not everybody is like that. So I do want to make sure that when we um, do our shows again that we kind of have represented on our stage different people from different occupations and orientations and genders. And, you know, again, too, we hope that people – who are out in wherever they are can see this and identify and feel our support and know that maybe 
uh, particularly at this time, maybe they can't speak out, but we can be their voice. Nice. And to meet you with your more religious family, how was that experience? What was that like? Yeah. Um, the first coming out was very difficult uh, for my family and for a lot of my friends. Um, it it was just, it was very traumatic. I'm not, I, not without going into details. Then it's been it's been about a decade since since my coming out experience, my first coming out experience, and um, it's going piggybacking off of what Neil said. It's been a, a kind of a gift for me too because as little as my parents and my family and some of my friends understood, I was able to help educate. Um, I'm thankful that when I was in high school, I wasn't someone who was constantly, um, I I was someone who was very involved. So I was in a lot of clubs. I was really well known at school. So it kind of rocked my community in a way for them when I came out. So I used that as an opportunity to allow people to see that I was the same person. I could still be all of these things that people saw me as and be open as a gay person. And it it allowed me to really help educate um, my family, a lot of my friends. Um, But it wasn't until my second coming out experience, I I came out at the end of last year um, publicly as HIV positive. And it honestly wasn't until then that I saw a real shift in my family. Um, My parents and I talk more than we've ever spoken since I came out before college. you know, my dad will ask me, you know, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you taking your medication? And they're just very um, attentive and um, are more willing to want to know about the things that are going on in my life and are there for me in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. And getting that opportunity to come out again in that way and now being an advocate for people who are living with HIV, I am getting messages from people all over the world every single day. And then I'll even have friends come, come to me and say, you know, I didn't know any of, any of what, you know, uh, HIV was about. And thanks to you, I am being more educated um, around what living with HIV is actually like and getting to educate people on an even deeper level. Um, now living in a time where it's not a death sentence and we can always remember and acknowledge and be so thankful for those who came before us and fought before us in my community, but now look ahead to the future um, and be an advocate in that way too. And so I'm just really fortunate that I've been given these gifts, like Neil said, to help educate others and be a platform for those who either are too guilty for whatever reason to come out, who feel shame for whatever reason to come out, and to see people who look like them who are thriving and happy and open and proud. Um, I'm just really thankful that I have that opportunity to be that for other people. Fantastic. Rachel, thank you for that great question. We appreciate it. Guys, I can't believe that we're, time is going so fast, and so we got to talk about the show. So uh, Josh is online. He's going to give us a couple extra five or six minutes here. Neil, I want you to talk about this year's show Give me the date, the information, and do you have any guests lined up yet? Sure. So it is Monday, June 24th, 2019 at 7.30 in the city. It is at the JCC in the city off of Amsterdam. Please, everyone, come. It's for families. It's for 
grown-ups, there's always, again, to something different. This year, because it is World Pride and because it is the 50th year of the Stonewall Riots, we are doing a retrospective of the past 50 years of Pride. So um, we do have some names that um, hopefully will be released soon. We're just trying to finalize a few things. But, of course, mm-hmm. we will have our amazing Broadway performers from all different shows. Um, and then we'll have our celebrities and activists. And this year uh, is a little bit different because of the theme. So we are really going to start right at the riots and go right up until 2019 in terms of, you know, different events that have happened, different songs that people relate to, different stories that have shaped um, who we are. And as Dimitri said, you know, you always want to look back at those people that have paved the way and fought and really did an enormous job to get us where we are. And this is kind of our way of thanking everybody. And it'll be a great show. There's a, we have our band. Again, we'll have our amazing singers and our storytellers. And it's always just uh, an amazing night. And, you know, you can always find information on us at um, broadwaysingsforpride.com at our hopefully newly designed website soon. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> you can find us on social media. Put a little at pressure Broadway on me all Things of a sudden. I've got to build something fast now. Look out. <laughs> I know. Like, get on it. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, it'll be, um, you can find us on Facebook, on Broadway Sings or Pride, and same thing with Instagram. And like I said, you know, each year we try to do something a little different. And this year also um, what we'll be doing again is live streaming. And this year we're, it'll be multicam, so two different cameras, and it'll be in 4K. So, uh, you know, you'll have these beautiful resolutions. So if you are somebody that can't make it down to New York City, uh, what we plan to do again is live stream it so that way people and all over the world can watch us and, uh, you know, kind of, again, enjoy and educate at the same time. That is amazing. New York is going to be nutso in June with World Pride oh my and God. Stonewall and I know, it's regular be crazy. Pride Month. Um, I'm ready. You guys have to be able to walk around there. Week. It's going to be crazy time. I'm so excited for you guys. So I really amazing. need to book you guys each individually. You have such fantastic stories. Dimitri, go ahead and tell them where they can find you on social media or any of your websites for things you're working. We didn't get to talk about your production company or anything, but let them know where they can I find know. you. Sure. So you can find me most predominantly on Instagram. I'm Dimitri Moe Official. Um, on Facebook, Dimitri Joseph Moe. And then my website is DimitriJosephMoise.com. You so yeah. lied on me. You said my moist was fine. You're Moise. You lied on me. Oh, I can't listen, believe you. Listen. You were nice. No, no, tomato, tomato, moist, Moise. Moise. <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. It's a regional thing. A new and improved website in one week and uh, all your social <laughs> media. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. Um, Thank you so much. And again, we are so excited about. Uh, well, I'm so excited about finally coming on here, which is a dream. And then again, too, we're excited to have our ninth show. And again, I can't believe it. And uh, you know, we'll keep you updated on some of our famous friends that will be joining us for the night. Fantastic! Yeah, thank I have a feeling so we'll be down the line, guys. We're going to have you both on very soon. Thanks for being on the Left of Straight show today, guys. That was fantastic. 
Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yes. It was an right. honor. Stay on the line for me. Guys, we're going to play out here with uh, little Matt Stern again. This is Keeps Me Awake. When we come back, we're going to have my good buddy and friend of the show, Josh Orozco, who has a fantastic new single out. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on Left of Straight Radio Network.
righty, guys and gals, we are back. My next guest today has been a great friend of the show, and I'm always happy to have a chance to talk with him on air. He came to my attention, I think, when I first started three and a half years ago as a fitness model with some amazing photographs uh, taken by our friend that we'll talk about in a bit. And he has since become an amazing friend on social media. He has a pure passion for music as a student and now as a producer and performer himself. I'm so happy and proud for him. He debuted his first piece of work last week called Shadyland, and he's back today to talk all about that journey and more. Please welcome my friend, Mr. Josh Orozco. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Hi, Scott. Good. How are you? I am doing amazing. We talk all the time online, but it's so happy to have you back on the radio. How's things in beautiful downtown Orange County today? Oh, it's actually really pretty. It's sunny out. It's a really nice day. Nice. I like it. We had a little bit of hail earlier today in the middle of April, which I'm not happy about, but it's warm, so we're good. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the big road trip where we're going to have 90 to 95 degrees down in Palm Springs. And you're going to come join us for a day, I think, right? Yes, I am. I am planning on it. That's going to be a lot of fun. I am excited. It'll be fun to hang out. Uh, I love Palm Springs. It's amazing. It's not too far from you. You're in the uh, Anaheim area, right? It's not too far to drive from that. No, not at all. Very, very cool. Well, we've had you on the show a couple times, so uh, let's uh, give readers, uh, the re- listeners just a quick Reader's Digest history of yourself. Tell me about your entire life story in the next two minutes or so. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, when I was a kid, I started acting and singing at a very young age and, you know, went through all of my early years doing plays and things like that in school uh, it wasn't until about high school that I kind of stopped all the art for a while and I had to go out and kind of learn about myself. So I took about, you know, seven years or so off. And then it wasn't until a few years ago when I first met you about that time that I started doing some modeling on uh, social, you know, on Instagram. And then I ended up getting in DNA magazine, which was really uh, great at that time. I think that was about a year and a half ago. And um, yeah, ever since then, I've been creating here at home. I've, uh, just decided to dive straight into the music because it was really hard for me to find anybody else who could help me. So I had to kind of learn it all on my own. So uh, now I've reached this point where I am producing my own music and videos. It is amazing piece of work. We're going to go into all of that in a little bit here uh, because it really is, I mean, your debut effort, you put a lot of your heart and soul into it. And it shows in every frame of the video and on the tracks. Let's go back a little bit, though. I want to go some other stuff before the music. Talk about uh-huh. fitness modeling. I mean, we've had talk. Townsend has his new Instagram page up, which is amazing. But talk about yes. that whole aspect and the DNA thing. What kind of exposure was that? And was it what was it? That was, was that your first taste, kind of in front of an audience, not opposed to singing or acting or anything like that? Yeah, it was the first thing that was kind of out in front of an audience. Uh, with James Townsend, and I also have another uh, James who's in my life, a photographer, and we'd started uh, submitting shoots, and then it uh, ended up skyrocketing one year. It was the most clicked-on post for the entire year for DNA, 
So uh, that was kind of a shocker to me. I got a, a call one new year and he told uh, the guy from DNA told me, and I was like, what? This can't be. <laughs> but That um, is cool. Yeah. Very that's nice. So that's and awesome. I still plan on doing some more of that too, you know, because I still love getting in front of the camera and just expressing myself. So I plan to do a lot more of that too. Yeah, that was my next question. It's like, is it still fun for you to do, or is it just side work now? Um, what, what do you feel about that aspect of your life right now? Uh, right now, I am more focused on the music, but I'm definitely not opposed to shooting. You know, I have a couple that I'm going to be shooting with up in the next few months or so. So there will be new material coming out, but I just want to uh, be sure that I have the, you know, all the inspiration for it. What is it? I mean, you have this fitness routine. Obviously, you, you have you have a fantastic body, which people can see in that. But what is when you're doing the music? Do you kind of is it is it become a lifestyle for you now? Obviously, or is it something oh, yeah. you can kind of cheat on for a while? <laughs> oh, it's it's become a lifestyle. I mean, it gets to the point where I'm sometimes on the computer for hours and hours, and then sometimes I start shirking and you know, the gym aspect of my life, I'm like, okay, I need to sort out my time. I need to go to the gym and then I need to not touch the computer until I go to the gym because it'll take over like my entire day. Get so lost in it. I was wondering, you're a very spiritual person as well. And you're all, all about balance and things like that. Talk about how balance has been in your life and how important that is to you. Uh, balance is very important because I, you know, I struggle with anxiety just on a daily basis and stuff. So I'm definitely always trying to keep my vibration high, keep myself in a good, harmonious state of mind. I don't like to, you know, get too in my head about things. I'm trying to focus more on just what the next step is going to be rather than the outcome. So that way I just keep on trolling ahead, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Now yeah. I I have to talk about, because like I said, I am, a social media stalker and a friend on there. We have to talk about your fish tank. I'm in love with your fish oh, yeah. tank. Um, I am. Let's spend a little time <laughs> on that. Talk about, I want to know the how, the what, the how big it is, and this journey on the fish. I, I think it's the most, I love fish. I think it's the most zen thing I've ever had when I've owned fish. Talk about this experience for you. Well, my friend who was from, uh, back from Yellowstone, she came back for about six months, and she was able to help me get a really nice tank uh, at a good price for me. And I thought, you know what, why not? Because you know, I love my, you know, the connection to nature and all. So I was thinking this would be a great therapeutic way of starting a little ecosystem in my room. So um, it is a 30-gallon tank. It's salt water, and I am completely in love with it. I mean, I spend every day gazing into it at some point. <laughs> now what was the difference what, what was the decision to make it a saltwater tank versus a freshwater was it the type of fish things you can incorporate into it or what made your decision to go saltwater well i have a friend who has a bunch of saltwater tanks at his place so i've seen them and i've seen how cool they are you know because you buy the sand and the sand is alive you can get coral and it's like your whole tank is alive and it works together so i thought that that was the main thing that drew me towards that because I had done freshwater as a child, you know, countless times and it's just, you know, the gravel and the fake plants and stuff, but everything in my tank is alive and real. So I think that's, that's the best part about it. That is fantastic. Is that your nightlight at night? Do you keep it on all night long or do you have to turn it off? 
Oh, I got to turn it off. Got to give them some some uh, darkness, <laughs> imitating the sun. <laughs> give them a little alone time. You got to give the fish a little alone time there. They're stared at all day. Yeah. And I, I love <laughs> I love a good fish tank. I had one for so many years. I have it now in like the past ten or so. But I just think it's one of the most zen things you could ever do is just watch the watch the fish get the bubbles that come up from the little guy in it. And that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. You take some amazing yeah. pictures. What's your favorite um, procurement for it so far? What's your favorite fish friend? My favorite fish friend, I have a goby, and I named him Rupert. And he nice. goes around the bottom and he sits the sand, and he cleans the sand all around the tank. So he's definitely my favorite. And he's really cute. At nighttime, he even kind of opens his mouth like he's yawning. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It cracks me up. Awesome. <laughs> 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 I want to go into something serious for a second for the music. You opened yourself up a lot this year and talked yeah. about your HIV status. That had to be yeah. um, a big experience for you. What brought you to that decision and how has it been since then? I, I thought that was an amazing story that you, you shared. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a complete shock for me. It was a, you know, a crazy time of my life. But as soon as it happened, I had already, you know, known I was going to take some time to myself. I was going to heal from, you know, what I needed to do. And then I was going to come out because I feel, you know, everything happened in divine timing. So I felt that I was, you know, I'm meant to handle this. So I need to do something with it. And my thought was, you know, it's still pretty hush hush when you're out and you don't hear many people talking about it. Uh, so I kind of thought, you know, if I could get out there and just let my voice be heard, maybe there's people on my friends list that have it and they'll message me. And sure enough, as you know, as soon as I did that, I received messages and it was great. Like all the support that I got, I didn't get, you know, one bad thing. It was just all positive and it was great. And, um, and another thing too, is I just figured, you know, it, it takes a pressure off of me because I don't like to be, you know, hiding anything from anybody. So it was, right. uh, it was just great in all aspects, you know, and it's been so good since then. Well, I, I love that you did it. I thought it was, it was, it, I hate to say brave because it, it's had such a stigma attached to it, which it really shouldn't have. Um, yeah. it, it's just, it's something that was a terminal disease at one point, which is now a chronic disease. Talk about how you found out. Were you expecting it? Were you going just for a regular test? I mean, I go twice a year, like clockwork. Um, just how did how did the diagnosis come about? It was I was feeling a little bit sick actually. It, it was interesting. Like at the time, I was having my tonsils taken out and stuff because I was having lots of issues with my throat. Um, okay. So I had ended up having the tonsils taken out, and at that time, you know, they test for all that stuff before surgery, but nobody ever said anything to me. So I had had my tonsils removed. I healed fine from the tonsillectomy, which was you know ten days of torture. I mean, it was bad but once it healed it was I remember that I remember wishing you ice cream from afar (laughs) yeah so then I um then that was when I found out because I was still feeling weird after that and I was like okay something isn't right I wasn't feeling myself my body was feeling you know a bit achy and fluey and my throat was killing me my lymph nodes so then I you know I told my mom I said I need to go to the doctor so I went I got tested for all kinds of stuff and then they, you know, called me back and they said that we need you to come to the office because we need to share results with you. 
And then I almost instantly knew I just had this feeling. So I asked my mom if she would come mm-hmm. with me and she took off work and came with me and we found out. And that was it. It's, yeah. It's so, I have a very good friend who's actually, I mean, he's a lot older. He's like 65 years old, 63 years old. And mm-hmm. he found out he was HIV positive just the same way. He wasn't feeling good. He had no, no real inkling at all. That's what it would be at 63 years old and was totally shocked by it. And it's just, yeah. it was the same thing. It just, he wasn't feeling quite right. Um, yeah. But again, like you said, once he's come out, it was very, he needed to process it to himself for a while and mm-hmm. kind of with his friends and family around. But then he said it was the most freeing thing he ever did was to talk about it. Um, what kind of response did you get? I got so many good ones. I got lots of messages. And like I told you, you know, there were lots of people who came to me and then they told me their story um, since then. So it's been, you know, it's brought everybody together, kind of like what I wanted to do. I wanted it to bring, you know, more people closer to me who maybe needed to talk about that too. And that was just the most freeing feeling ever, you know. That is fantastic. I love it. And thank you so much for sharing that story because it's, it's, it's still tough for people to talk about, but it's something that should not be shamed. There should not be stigma attached to it. Yeah, and exactly. like I said, it's, it's gone from a terminal disease to a chronic disease where it's very easy to live with. Um, thank God you've always been a very fit person and you don't even have to be a fit person. There's a lot of things to do, but that helps I'm sure uh, a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just very proud of you for taking this journey with everybody and, helping other people along the way, Josh. So thank you so much for sharing oh, that. Yeah, of course, Scott. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the fun stuff and talk about the music. We're going to go ahead and play the song first, and I want to talk about all this fantastic new career for you here. This is Shada. And talk about how long this took to come to fruition. When did you very first have the idea for Shady Land? I wrote the song about a year and a half ago. And since then, it has slowly evolved. You know, I got on the computer, started creating the beat, and it evolved over the course of, like, months and months and months, many YouTube tutorials and all this stuff later. But then it was actually – I actually got it finished. So, Fantastic. (laughs) Guys, I'm excited to announce the debut on my Left of Straight Ridge. I was so excited to see you in my playlist on here because in my studio I have my playlist of all my artists in here. And just to see your yeah. name in here made me excited, Josh. I got to tell you, it was exciting to see you in here. But uh, oh, this is uh, Josh Orozco with Shadyland. We're going to play and be back on the other side. We're talking to the singer, songwriter, the video producer, the entire nine yards here. We'll be back in just a couple of seconds on the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. There's a land far away, it's a constant show Where hearts melt so hot, burning in the snow Some people get a one-way ticket And some are passing through the visit way in this place you're on your own he says yes he means no starring in his show so hot so cold as the bullshit flows 
group You're a ghost within a minute And now I'm sitting here so ignorant You handed me my ticket Now I'm headed back home It's a land Yeah, it's a crazy land Where people get destroyed So wrecked from being toyed Oh, he's the man A handsome angel man He knew just where to aim And now I'm stuck inside his game In Shaylin's Josh, thanks so much for being on the show. I love this song. Tell me what it's like to uh, see your music live last Wednesday. What was that experience like? It was really great because I've been working on it for so long and just picturing, you know, oh, I just need to get this out. I just want to get this out. And just finally seeing it come together, you know, like once the video was done, I was like, oh, my goodness, it was great. (laughs) Fantastic. Now talk about 
you talked a little bit that you've always had a background in like theater and things like that and song and you decided to go to this. Um, how do you self-teach yourself music? And you're actually going to classes now somewhere, aren't you? You're taking classes now, but talk about your self-teaching um, for music. Oh, man. Well, it required just me sitting on this program and kind of starting to make beats for a while. And I started just, you know, trying to create my own little things, started trying to learn because there's all this, there's the science to it. You know, there's like high end and there's low end and you got to be careful that certain things aren't canceling out other things. And then you want your voice to stick through. So it's just a lot of technical stuff that I didn't realize going into it, but I, you know, just began getting kind of obsessed with it and just watching all these videos and learning little tricks and it's just, it's been awesome, you know, very, very enlightening. <laughs> I hand it to I the guys who that. do this all the time. <laughs> I know, man. Crazy, huh? It's, it's a lot of work, but talk about, um, you're creating a lot of artists that have different ways to do it. Some start with the beats and with the, the sound. Some start with the lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. Is your songwriting that you've been doing, is it kind of a mix of two? Do you find yourself starting more with the music, more with the lyrics? How has your process been working for you? It is actually a mix because there's some stuff that I'm working on right now that was a beat before the lyrics, but Shadyland was actually lyrics before the beat. That was the one that I just, I, it came to me one night, the first verse, and I was just laying in my bed, so I just recorded the melody with my phone, and then I just wrote the lyrics down and, that was the start of that one. <laughs> so it kind of just depends on what you're feeling or, you know, sometimes it's the musical sounds or, you know, the, the key that gets you the words or sometimes it's the words that get you the melody. So it's crazy. You just never know and where you're going to Where did the song up. come from? Did the song come to, you said it just came to you. Did it come like, um, what was the origin of the song? Talk about the meaning of the song to you and the origin of the song. Uh, it was just the origin about that just came from a place of just feeling very torn down, dealing with a lot of people who were lying to me and who were just, you know, telling you certain things to get what they wanted out of you. And it was just, I started to realize there's a lot of shady people that I'm attracting right now. So it's just <laughs> kind of, you know, it just came to me and I was like, oh my goodness, I have this idea for shady land. So I just ran with it. <laughs> That's cool. I, I think all the, all the best art comes out of either heartbreak or joy. So uh, it, it's one way or the other usually for artists. So I can understand that, especially um, when you have all these feelings, because you're such a deep feeling person. Like I said, you're very spiritual. I love the things you post online. Um, it's got to be a lot of a very cathartic to get these stuff out, either through music or through the words. How is that process yeah. for you? Does it really help that emotional breakthrough? Oh, yeah. It Sometimes it doesn't help right away, but throughout the process of creating the music or video, you know, it just, you end up just healing and you don't even really know you did <laughs> from the situation. <laughs> You're kind of like, wow, like I feel like, you know, creators just naturally by nature. So I feel like it's important to always create and to express through it because I feel like that's where a lot of the power comes and talk about the idea for a video. I mean, that's pretty ambitious to release both a video and the single at the same time. What made you mm-hmm. want to take on that extra hat as a videographer and producer and talk about the training that went into that? Well, I had been making 
you know, small films and editing since I was about 14. That was when I first got into that. So I'd been doing it for a long time, but it had been so long that I was thinking, I need to put out a video and this would be the perfect chance to do it because a lot of my stuff, you know, like I've told you with my pictures and my photography is I'm kind of trying to get, you know, points across through my photography or through whatever it may be. So I felt that the song needed some visual aspect to it and needed that kind of emotion added to it. So that's that was my whole process for uh, for doing that. And talk about you had a great collaborative team with you. You had uh, someone help work the camera. You had lighting. Talk about working yes. with a team like that. The team aspect. Oh, it was great because I got to work with two of my best friends. I had my friend Tom holding the lights, and my friend Sarah. Uh, she went to high school with me. She was doing all the camera work. So uh, we just. You know, we had a couple drinks and we just were like, let's start filming this video and we got it done. <laughs> How long it did it take blast. to shoot? I mean, it's a long form video. You got a, a four, yeah. four minute song there and it's a long form video. Talk about how long did it take for you to do that? How many takes did it take? Oh, we did a lot, a lot of takes. I actually, the scenes, you know, with the bathtub, I was actually scraped up on my knees that day. <laughs> Because <laughs> I had been on my knees in the bathtub, you know, shooting those uh, bathtub scenes. So I was like, ugh. But um, it was great. It was it was such a fun experience. I couldn't have, you know, had anybody better to work with. I got to work with people who I'm super close to, and it was just great. Nice. And what is your thoughts on the music industry? I've talked to a lot of artists, and it's such a, a double-edged sword because an album is a great way to tell a story and to have a progression of songs, but it seems like the music industry today is so much geared towards streaming and Spotify and Amazon, and you always have to have the next best thing every three or four months. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on music, and how do you think you're going to approach it? Uh, I think I'm just going to, first and foremost, just stay true to myself and true to my heart and kind of let the other stuff come second because that's the most important thing for me. But, you know, it is definitely more difficult for artists now, you know, with the streaming services and all that. I'm just, I'm glad I'm on them now. And my whole, you know, purpose for putting it on there was more to just share. That was, you know, where my intentions were. I just wanted to get this out to share it. So, um, yeah, I, there are artists right now that are doing good things for the music industry. Like I know that Taylor Swift has done some great things. Um, so we have people who are sticking up for the musicians and because they all realize, you know, it's a lot harder now to do it with the streaming because the streaming, you know, isn't the best pay right. unless you're getting, you know, over millions of streams. Yeah. I think someone was saying the other day, they're getting like, uh, one sixteenth of a cent for every stream it does or something like that. So unless you're oh, yeah, it's, doing, it's just beyond the million streams <laughs> or something, it's very tough. It's low. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Talk about your sound, and are you are you thinking on bringing it live? What kind of distribution are you going to do? Are you thinking about bringing live performances down the line, or is this pretty much a solo thing for you creation-wise? You just want to share with people? What are your thoughts on your career that way? You know, right now it's just kind of something that I'm putting out there. I would love to eventually perform, though. I mean, that would be a dream come true. Uh, that's kind of the ultimate goal, you know, is – I wanted to throw this out there because I feel like, you know, you put yourself out there, show art, 
you'll attract more artists, more people, and then it'll kind of steer me in the right direction that my life is supposed to go. Because I know I need to be around creative people. I just haven't really quite found my exact niche yet, but I feel that I'm on my way there, which is a good feeling. I bet. I love that. And what's the reaction been? Who have you heard from? What have you heard from since the release last week? Oh, lots of good stuff. Lots of good comments. Um, I've had a couple little trolls come on and try to piss me off, but I'm like, you know, it's all just a reflection (laughs) of of them. And they, you know, once you realize that, that when people are saying negative things about you, especially people that don't even know you, you realize it's just a reflection on them. And then it makes you, you know, you kind of have to feel bad and wonder what their struggle is because they're going through something. Exactly. Exactly. It's such a great way to look at it too, because it is, I mean, people that, I haven't had to deal with a lot of them, but three and a half years of this, there's people that either don't want you to succeed or they're jealous. They want to succeed more. And it's usually their issue. It's not your issue whatsoever. And once you give that oh, up yeah. and know that it's not about you, it makes it so much easier to deal with, but it's a hard yeah. place to be, especially when you get, if you're getting a lot of it, I've been lucky not for that to happen, but that's where cyberbullying gets so tough and people don't understand this about that person and not them. Yeah. But there's just so much of it these days. It's really tough. Yeah. Now you talked about Taylor Swift. Who are your musical influences? Who do you listen? Who's on your playlist right now in your top three in your playlist? And who would be a dream collaboration for you? Oh, well, I'd love to collaborate with Taylor Swift. She's one of my favorites, but I also love um, Ariana Grande. I love Eminem. There, there are three that are in my playlist right now. <laughs> And I would love to Those work with any one of them. <laughs> it's funny because I thought of that when you talk about Eminem and you have the whole Shady Land title and your cover album type look for it. You have a little Marshall Mathers look going to you there. So it's very kind of illuminative. I thought, well, this is kind of fun. I'm liking this, actually. It's very, very cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought so, too. <laughs> It's a little shady. So where are you at right now? Talk <laughs> about what's happening for you in your songwriting. Um, what's your next project? Well, I'm actually working on a project with a friend of mine who also makes music. So we're planning to do a few songs together. And uh, we may actually be going to a studio to record together, which would be great. And um, so I'm trying to just, you know, I'm writing right now. I'm focusing on writing. I'm not in the vocal class right now. I'm taking about two months off time to write time to start uh feeling the emotion again and uh then i feel like once i get back to class you know come beginning of july i'll be back with some new songs and my vocal coach is amazing she uh has so many ideas and she works on my pieces with me and shows me things i can do to add you know more to it so um right now i'm really just i wanted to get the you know the song out and then now i just want to reflect on it a little bit and do more writing and then start, you know, start my EP. I'd like to do about five, six songs and release an EP. Nice. That would be fantastic. That is so great. I am so proud of you, my friend. Congratulations on all this hard work really paying off. I mean, we've been talking for the last year and a half and this has been coming together and I'm so excited to see this. Um, Just wish you all the best of luck, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm really glad you enjoyed well, it. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to talking more and 
maybe we can we can debut it in Palm Springs and play it for the guests there. Talk about where people can find you, where they can find the song, um, and where they can find you on social media. Okay. Well, on social media, the best one would be Instagram, and my username is Josh underscore Orozco underscore, and that's O-R-O-Z-C-O. And uh, also, I started a Facebook music page, so it's facebook.com forward slash Josh Orozco music. My website is joshorosco.net, but it's actually still a little bit in the works. It's under construction a little bit still. And uh, the song's available on Spotify, Apple Music. You can search for Shadyland uh, and my name. It's also available for purchase on iTunes, and the music video is up on my Vivo on YouTube. you got to check out this music video, guys. It's very good. The song is a great song. Such a great debut performance. Josh Orozco, thank you very much for being on the Left of Straight show today, my friend. Oh, thank you, Scott. It was great. Stay on the line for me, guys. We're going to be back just a little bit to wrap things up. We're going to play out a little bit of Joseph, excuse me, Justin Mortinelli with The Fall. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network.
righty, we are back. Guys, I want to thank my guests so much today. had such a fun show. Uh, from Broadway Sings for Pride, we had founder Neil Bennington on, and he brought his special guest, Dimitri Moyes. So it was great to talk to them. They have a great event coming up in June. Look that up. Check my website. I'll have a link on there for you. And then my buddy Josh Orozco, check out his new single, Shady Land. Had a great time today, guys. Thanks. Our chat room was a little wonky today, but Jordan and Chris, thanks for being part of the show today and manning the chat room. We had one chat go through at least. That was cool. No problem. Yeah, we'll get there next time. We'll figure it out. There you go. We'll have it done. Next Tuesday with uh, Chris and Jordan, we're going to have the from Glee, who played Tina and Artie, we're going to have the fantastic Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz on. And then my buddy Jay Knight from Buffalo is a singer, songwriter. He's going to be on. So we have a great show for you next Tuesday. We'll have the chat up there, and Chris and Jordan will be on that. I think I got most everything I wanted to say today on the news. Uh, let me look over here real quick. Um, the other stuff we'll save till next week. But guys, we appreciate you tuning in today. Thanks so much for being part of the Love Straight Show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite podcast distributors. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just type in Left of Straight Show. Be sure to follow us on social media. I uh, do the Left of Straight, at Left of Straight on Twitter and Instagram. And Chris and Jordan are mining Left of Straight Radio on Instagram and what is it, Straight Left Of on Twitter? It's really weird on Twitter, but just type in Left of Straight Radio and you'll find us there. But they're manning those for us. So we have all sorts of social media on Facebook. You can check us out, uh, the Left of Straight Radio page and the Left of Straight page on there. We're going to have some more great shows for you next week. Be sure to tune in the rest of the week. We're standing on my soapbox. Tomorrow we have Astro Kiki Radio and the Randy Report. Um, Saturday, of course. Voices for Change uh, 2.0. Jordan, anything exciting you need, you, anything you want to lead out with today? Anything that you have to say that's on your mind? That I have to say? I don't know. I'm really excited for next week, so I hope we get the chat figured out so everyone can come and ask questions. It'll be a Gleek time had by all. Chris, any last words before <laughs> we head out? Um, today was a great show, a lot of great guests. And I'm looking forward to next week, definitely. I think it's going to be a big show. I as well, my friend. Well, guys, that does us right here for Left to Straight Radio for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out the podcast. Share it with your friends. Give us a little like or subscribe on there. Uh, Chris and Jordan are going to stay on the line with me. And we will play out one final time here. Let me pick a song, any old song. Casey Lansdale, it's got a little country. This is Living in the Moment, right here on the Left of Straight Show on Left of Straight Radio Network. Easy to get off track, easy to lose your way. In a world that makes you believe there's no time to waste. That you gotta have it all, better have it all, better not slow down. Looking ahead, got me looking in circles. 
slip away. Don't let this away. 